0: Hello, everyone. My name is Lauren Sung for Keeping It Arcadia. Before we start, here's a quick note. Keeping It Arcadia was originally going to post episode 14 of season 3 last Friday, but due to it being an hour long, we split it into episode 14 and episode 15, both of which will be posted this week and each of which will be 30 minutes long. Enjoy.
1: apaches thank you for tuning in to the 14th episode of season three of the keeping it arcadia podcast brought to you by the students in arcadia high school's digital communications internship or dcf for short my name is Layla nuñez and i am your host for today this week's episode is all about being online how is arcadia making its presence on the media during this quarantine period Starting off the episode is Lawrence Sung's interview with Jeopardy College Championship contestant and Arcadia alum Xiao Ke Ying.
0: Hello, this is Lawrence Sung for Keeping It Arcadia. Here we have Xiao Ke Ying, a current participant of the Jeopardy College Championship, and who has just qualified for the semifinals of said championship. Also, like to mention that Xiao Ke is an alumni of Arcadia High School, who is currently attending USC. I believe you're the class of twenty eighteen. Am I right? Yes. Alrighty, so let's get this started off. Why, do you, why did you decide to be on the Jeopardy College Championship?
2: Well, the process was pretty easy, uh, so it was just an online test, so I thought, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time, it doesn't hurt to try. So that was mainly it. I was like, it would be cool to be on Jeopardy, but I didn't really think it would happen.
0: Alright, um, how did you prepare for this competition?
2: So, I mainly just kept what I normally do, which is I just read about anything I find interesting, anything I come across in my normal reading, I'll just read more about it. And then, but the one thing I did practice for, specifically for Jeopardy, was that I knew geography tends to come up a lot, and that's one of my weaker points. So, I went on Sporkle, and I take those math quizzes on Sporkle, because I enjoy ah, those, so I'm I thought it'd be a fun way, I a see. fun way to practice.
0: And how do you practice for those um the especially um the tricky Je- Jeopardy ca- categories? I noticed that you encountered that um homophone thing, right? There's yeah, homoph- so
2: there tend to be a lot of wordplay categories. So something I do is I, I like to do the crossword. I do like the Wall Street Journal because it's free online and then usc's daily trojan publishes like old new york times crosswords so i did those as well and it's i don't always complete them but just doing them sort of helps getting that sort of punny
0: <laughs> mindset. I, see. I see also uh we used to be in uh arcadia Quizbowl together and i and just to to tell our listeners right now i'm um, often it does have a similar um approach to um its competitions as jeopardy so did your past experience in arcadia Quizbowl help you in any way
2: Definitely. Well, quiz Bowl. I think the main thing is it just helps you build up that trivia knowledge that can often come up in Jeopardy. I know a lot of the other contestants, they all played quiz Bowl in high school as well. And the other thing is it can help with buzzing because a large part of Jeopardy is buzzing in on time. And obviously in Quiz Bowl that's a big part. Yeah. Uh,
0: speaking of uh, buzzing in and all, uh, describe what it felt like being up there, answering those questions, buzzer in hand, with the spotlight on you and all. It is
2: pretty nerve-wracking to have the audience there and my family was there so i was like i didn't want to disappoint them yeah and being on stage on the lights it's it's quite nerve-wracking but once you sort of it starts and you get into it you're really just focused on the game I everything see. else is out of the mind
0: i see and especially um with you knowing that i was just gonna gonna get to um your fa- knowing that your family and friends and basically the arcadian community was watching you did that sort of increase that pressure on you
2: definitely messages that are like oh I hope you win and it's like oh well if
0: I don't win you know <laughs> despite you know it seemed to everyone it seems like you know it's a it's an amazing opportunity but I uh, definitely there must have been some hardships along the way so what are some hardships that you encountered both pre-competition and during the taping
2: um I think pre a lot of it is it wasn't as hard for me because for me, the in-person audition was relatively close. I was in L.A. and it was in Culver City. But I know a lot of people traveled far. So there were, at my audition, there were some people from Canada. And they'd flown in just for this. So it was like a lot because you might not make it even. So that seemed like a lot to go through. But then during the actual taping, I think the biggest thing is for the quarterfinals, we're not allowed to watch the rounds that come before ours because it might affect how we bet. And so we're just stuck in the green room basically the entire day. We're not allowed to go out without wow. anyone accompanying us. So that was honestly like by the end of the day, it was like we were just kind of sick of being stuck in the room.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And what was it like? Because I, I did I did see one of your Facebook posts. You did uh, post a picture of you and Alex Trebrek. Um, what was it like meeting such a big celebrity who's been really famous throughout all these decades?
2: Yeah, it was, it was kind of just surreal to be like, this is a celebrity and now I'm standing right next to him. So it was it was pretty nice because during commercial breaks he takes questions from the audience and so it was nice to see the side that you don't normally see on the show. Because on the show he's just focused on Yeah giving moderating the and things like that.
0: Uh what what would you say differs during his, you know, um I guess you could say behind the scene personality? Is he more like chatty, conversational?
2: I think it's very similar on the show. He tends to joke around with the contestants when they do their stories and things like that and he's very much like that when he answers the questions he'll he, he has his own stories to tell that are sometimes <laughs> pretty funny. But yeah, he's still that same kind of jokey, fun personality.
0: Speaking of stories, uh, let me follow up with that. Because when he was introducing you, he mentioned the Great Wall of China story. I was wondering, um, do they determine these beforehand? Or is it something that he um impromptu sort of brings up?
2: So beforehand, we actually give them they ask for about five stories that you would want to talk about fun embarrassing anything like that and then they'll take from those five three and they'll put on a card and so before you go on stage they'll make sure hey this is the story you want to talk about and then so you have an idea of what he's going to talk about you're not just totally like surprised
0: I see. I see. So during competition, you know, um, like as for the people watching Jeopardy from home on the TV, we get that opportunity to see the questions, and then the camera switches to you know, um, you guys answering. But actually being there and answering those questions, how does the gameplay go?
2: Well, I think a big difference is that when you're watching on TV, it shows the clue and it takes up the whole screen. But when you're there, the clue just stays in its box. So it doesn't get any bigger. And as someone who like my eyesight's not great, and I work contacts, but it was still almost a little bit of a struggle. So I that see. was a big thing where I was like, oh, I'm going to have to squint to look at these clues. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and and then yeah. the other thing is, there's, you can only start buzzing in once Alex is finished speaking, but there's, it's not just when he's done speaking, there's these lights that go on when he's done. And so you have to wait for the lights to go on before you can buzz. In.
0: I see. And um, briefly explain, uh, what happened post-competition?
2: Uh, there was, like, a little party afterwards for all of us, the contestants. It was nice. We finally got to, like, see each other all together and talk with our family and things like that. All of us contestants had become really close, so we hung out together afterwards as well. And nice. Got, like, dinner, nice. things like that.
0: And so um, after I watched your um, quarterfinal performance, it seemed like you were eliminated, seeing that you didn't win the game, but it turns out that you got to semifinals. Explain how that happened and how Jeopardy determines uh who progresses and who gets eliminated
2: so for the three semi-final matches they need nine contestants and that's one each from the winners of each game that's five and then the remaining four are the people who have the highest totals but didn't win and so i happen to have the fourth highest total of those who didn't win and that got me a wild card into it
0: i see well that's fortunate yeah if you could describe your um entire experience in one word what would it be
2: uh maybe yeah friendship, I think, because such a large part of it has been becoming friends with the other people and we're still really close friends, even though we only saw each other in person for two days.
0: Ah, I see. I see. Do you feel like your Jeopardy experience was worthwhile?
2: Definitely. It's it's definitely once-in-a-lifetime experience, you know, being yeah. on set and having something that, you know, millions of people are watching on TV and meeting these yeah. people it's it's been amazing. it was amazing
0: yeah of course it it must have it must have felt like that just a quick question did they like do your makeup or anything did they like prepare you and then you go out
2: yep everyone everyone goes into makeup before
0: oh i see finally would you do it again and would you recommend this experience to um others
2: yeah i would 100 percent do it again and recommend it especially if it's like the college tournament because we're all together. It's a great experience. I know like normal Jeopardy might be a little different because you don't know how far you're gonna go, yeah. but definitely it's so unique and it was such a fun experience that I would recommend it to anyone.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Shaoka, for being on with us, um, from all of us in Arcadia. And speaking on behalf of them, I think so proud of you. We're so proud of um, your accomplishments, You know, having a fellow Arcadian on national television. We hope your semifinal performance goes well tomorrow since we're speaking on Tuesday, April 14th, um, and we hope that you make it to finals and win.
1: Thank you. Next, Claire Lee interviews Arcadia High School student, Amir Malik, about his Michael Jackson inspired YouTube channel. So hello, my name is Claire, and today I will be interviewing a fellow AHS student who is known for his Michael Jackson impersonations on YouTube. So would you like to inter- introduce yourself first?
3: Uh, hi, I'm Amir Mallet, and I make videos on the internet.
1: So what first inspired you to mimic Michael Jackson?
3: Um, well, I guess I'd have to say that because of how different Michael dances, especially to well, when you compare it to dancers of today, of course some dancers are inspired by him, but the overall style is a lot more different than what he would do back in his day.
1: Is there something in
3: particularly
1: that you found appealing about Michael Jackson's dancing?
3: I think I found it appealing that Michael had a philosophy that when you're making up a dance or you're making something, it should be able to be um, enjoyed by everyone. And that's how I look at dancing because of Michael. I define really good dancing as something that looks amazing and it looks cool, but it's something that with no practice anybody to do. It's really interesting.
1: How long have you been a fan of Michael Jackson?
3: Uh well, I've been a fan for actually a very long time. When I was younger, I guess, my dad had me listen to more of his music, and I guess I was hooked there. But I remember it being shortly after his death in 2009.
1: Oh, so it was that moment when you really realized you left his dancing and everything?
3: Well, yeah, actually. I'd say that I didn't start impersonating until about a year ago music has always been with me from that point and before that.
1: So you're, his dances are all really complicated, so how exactly do you learn his routines?
3: Okay, so when I look at something and I want to learn it, especially when it comes to dancing, what I'll usually do is I'll look at a variety of live clips that are, again, provided on YouTube um, of Michael during his heyday, and mostly the 90s and some of the 80s, too, because the 80s is really cool. Um, but when especially Michael moves really fast for what he does, and sometimes you can't pick up what he's doing. So a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll look at a video clip, and I'll slow it down to either a quarter of how fast it usually is or maybe half speed, and I'll pick up like what happens during that period of time, and then I'll practice it at that tempo, and then with enough practice, I can start speeding it up to the point where I can do it at a normal pace or close to what he does.
1: Well, are you self-taught?
3: Actually, yeah, um, that's one of the things that like I feel like most confident about is that I've never like really been to dance classes because that's just the way I look at like how you interpret art that it's not something that people can necessarily teach you, but it's something that you have to find out for yourself as make.
1: That definitely does. So, what really inspired you to start posting your videos online?
3: Well, um I do happen to. Um, other people who do the same thing like me on the internet, um, you have an example is like uh, Alex Blanco, who actually does live concerts of him doing all of these routines, and people love it. Um, you also see many street dancers now doing their own thing. You see street dancers like um, Salif Guy, who is a dancer from Paris, and he is he's stupendous. He's amazing, but he one of his first videos that ever blew up was of him doing. Uh, Michael Jackson team and then now he does it a lot more often, but he still has his own stuff that he likes to do. Yeah.
1: So I know you post on your Instagram stories as well as your YouTube channel, so is there like a particular video that you do, did with the band at Arcadia?
3: Um, I, when it comes to band, uh, I think uh, everybody knows me as the guy, But uh, especially the teachers, Miss Murphy and Mrs. Cheryl. But I've never like done something in collaboration with them, although I have performed um, a song for the band. I believe last year, we were getting ready for a spaghetti dinner performance, and we were getting dressed in uniform. And I did it because I just wanted to it was like a little thank you to um, all the people that year. Because that year, it was hard for me personally, because I had a bunch of stuff I was going through. But um, a lot of the people in band helped me out, and I wanted to thank them. You can you can even find the old video on my Instagram um, that was when I was just starting out so I definitely looked a lot more sloppy than I do now but it's there if you want to watch it
1: it's really cool that you can dink them like this doing a dance is there anyone yeah. <laughs> sorry is there anyone you get
3: help from when you're
1: filming the videos
3: oh well that that's like um like early when I first started doing it um, when I first started making videos I had the original like idea to recreate music videos instead of live uh, uncut performances, like I do now. I mainly do the uncut performances because they're a lot easier to edit and they take a lot less time. But before, I would have uh, I'd have my friends helping me out. I believe in like the first two videos, you could see uh, my friends are dancing in the video. Uh, Kevin Jong and Jeffrey Yang, if you know them, they were helping me out. And also for those first two videos, I had people holding the camera for me. That's why the camera's a little bit shaky sometimes. Um, I'd have my cousin help me hold the camera. And sometimes I'd also have my friend Yuki Sun, who's also a student at AHS, hold the camera for me. But that's at least where collaboration with people in the production and making videos stopped. Because after a while, it was a lot harder to teach all these people to the routine, put everything together, and have everyone together at the same time. So I started doing things by myself. That was when I also especially bought a tripod so I could hold the camera without anybody actually being there. I could do everything by myself and um, I edit all my videos by myself anyway. So that's kind of how I am now.
1: It's pretty cool that you can manage all this on your own because usually with dancing videos and everything, there's a whole production team.
3: So Yeah, that's what I think like like people like how I am now, I'm still at the very beginning of where I am. It's. Usually people start, you know, by themselves, and, and then they start building up. like create
1: you know, national. Okay. Sorry, there's a helicopter flying over me right now. It's really loud. No, no, it's it's okay. 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 So obviously the world has been really impacted right now by COVID nineteen. So has your video filming been affected at all right now?
3: Actually, yes, very much. Um, I actually talked about this the effects of COVID-19 on the channel on my latest video where I explained that because I can't go outside anymore, I don't want to make videos about songs like what I usually do because I feel that like, like one of the reasons why like these songs like mean so much and everything is because like when you have a project and you associate it with like, a visual style or something, there should always be something that this is more pop. That's why so many of Michael's music videos are so influential and they're so popular. And that's why I think some of the songs are popular, too. Like, I personally feel the Thriller music video, uh, casted in 1982, wouldn't have been as popular if it didn't have the music video. Everybody knows about the dancing zombies and the red jacket and everything, you know? So that's why, for now, I don't want to do videos of me dancing to specific themes, maybe later on. But I just don't feel comfortable dancing in my apartment. Especially because I live in a very small apartment and I don't have a lot of rooms to move around. So instead, I decided to make content where it's showing a little bit more of like myself instead of me impersonating Michael. It's showing like what, like behind the scenes of what's going on. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. So, do you have any future plans for any projects or anything else?
3: Um, as soon as COVID, as soon as this COVID nineteen stuff ends, I do definitely plan to make uh, a bunch more content i don't i i feel that i should say this but it's like one of like my dreams before graduating ahs to at least perform for the school at some point it doesn't matter when or how just that uh, i get to do it and it's always been in the back of my mind and I, all the people i've talked to they said yeah I can do it just start asking people but i don't know who to ask so i kind of it's kind of on the back burner for now I don't know if that happened. That's just like one of my like biggest projects, I guess, right now.
1: I think that would be really cool and I think a lot of people would enjoy that. Also, do you have any favorite videos you've made so far?
3: Um I definitely say that one of my favorite videos is has been I have I have two really fun actually three. They were the first two videos I made on the channel, which was the beaded music video recreation and then the way you make me feel is another song that I did for Valentine's Day um, it was really fun because it's it was a time I got to record with my friends and and I feel that like the reason why I enjoy doing this is because of my friends and everything and all the support I get so I think without them the process of making content and thinking of new ideas to do things with them' fun and I would say one of my most like recent actual dance videos the, the Billie Jean Immortal Remix that I did, it's about two minutes, which is not really that long, but I enjoyed editing it and I enjoyed shooting it. It really um, required me to think outside of the box when coming up with shots, especially because remixes tend to do a lot of funky stuff with music that's normally not done. So to match that type of energy with the video, I had to think, oh, on the spot when I was shooting, how could I make it really good? And um, I really love how that video turned out. I think that that was like one of my best performances I ever caught again.
1: It seems like you really like the whole process of dancing and recording and editing. And is this something you plan on doing once you grow up?
3: Yes, actually, I very plan to. Um, I plan to keep continuing what I, what I keep doing. I think it's one of like one of my real passions that makes me like really happy. And that's my plan after high school when I'm done. If I can make a profit out of this and make it as a living, then yes, I'll of course accept that with gratitude. But at least it will at least be a hobby to me like um, everything else and even when it just comes to video creating and creativity and all that kind of stuff I have a lot of other ideas that I'd like to try and appreciate too but that's just how I see it now yeah
1: that's really cool so speaking of your channel where can we find you uh,
3: again uh, you have my Instagram at uh, I post a lot of previews to my videos that you can find on YouTube Shimon Jackson um, I also do, not a lot of people know this, but I also do a channel with, with my friend uh, Randy uh, where we both dance to. It's, it's less about Michael Jackson, it's just more about music in general. Um, so if you want to see me dance stuff other than Michael, you can go to Dance Kings, that's dance, and then Kings with a Z instead of an S, because it sounds cool apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, there's only one video up there right now, but that's frankly because I don't have time to edit videos or sometimes footage is messed up and I have to work around it, but there's still definitely going to become more content over there. And finally I have another channel that I'm going to work on. I don't know where exactly or what the name is going to be, but it's more of like my other life, my, my other like enjoy for gaming and all that kind of stuff and game design and with what goes behind what makes a good game. And I'm going to post it on that channel, but I don't know exactly what's going to happen with it yet. So if you want news about that, just go to my Instagram, I'll probably post
1: about it. Nice. So thank you so much for joining me today. Is there any... Oh, you're
3: welcome. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it.
1: Is there anything else you'd like to add?
3: Um, well, to people who are listening to this right now, um, I myself have made the decision to go after the things I love to do, um, especially with our school environment. Um, education to a very high degree and I do respect that and I accept that education is a very important part of life and that we always need to have that but it's it's not a problem that you want to that you enjoy something and you want to try making it more than just a hobby or something if you want to do it go for it you know but it's it's to a sense that if you really do want to do this and just chase your dreams and go after it you know and if you want to have a plan to fall back on that's totally fine too you know but just keep doing what you want to do have fun and enjoy your life nice
1: thank you so much
3: you're welcome thank you
2: for having me on
1: of course